my dear listeners i am a sufferer of anxiety there are voices in my head that belittle me that pull me down that make me overthink in ways that i don't want to and i feel some days so so lost and alone that i don't even know what to do in order to move forward but i also remember that anxiety is common and there is somebody out there in that little closet locked in a room suffering from a panic attack not telling anyone in the fear of being marginalized so i made this episode and i dedicate it to all who suffer in pain and hold out this episode like a candle just to make them see that there's light when we become vocal when we talk i hold this episode close to my heart for i have a very very special guest with me today named zack elwood it is a great honor and privilege my dear listeners to introduce zack elwood to you today Uh, Zachary is the author of Reading Poker Tales which has been translated into 8 languages. He is also the author of Verbal Poker Tales and Exploiting Poker Tales along with being creator of Poker Tales video series. And the way that I was introduced to Zack was from a tweet on how to deal with anxiety. And it was then that I was further introduced to his podcast which is called People Who Read People. Link is in description which is a very well known behavior and psychology podcast. And on this podcast Zachary interviews people who use behavior and psychology in their work. He also tackles political polarization related topics with a focus of psychology behind that. Zach has had amazing reviews from Scott Stossel who is the national editor of Atlantic to Daniel Whiteson who is a physicist and the author of We Have No Idea. I sent Zach an invite to my podcast after listening to one of his brilliant episode with Stossel titled Living with Anxiety. And as a person who identifies as living with anxiety, I related to that episode more than anyone ever could. Um, graciously, my dear listeners, Zachary agreed to come to my podcast today and have an informal conversation on how should we deal with anxiety, let alone live with it. So here's a conversation that I will cherish forever and I present to you now. So as I told my listeners today I have a very very special guest with me and uh, I have already introduced Zachary but he will introduce himself again so first of all Zachary thank you so much for coming and thank you so much for talking about anxiety with me because this is something that I suffer myself so can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners Sure my name is Zach Elwood and a uh, little bit about me I uh, I'm most well known for my book uh my books on poker tells aka poker behavior i used to be a professional poker player um and i also have a psychology and behavior podcast called people who read people which is pretty popular gets a good amount of listeners it did. Uh, and then and then the reason yeah we we talked you and i talked was uh me talking about some of my anxiety issues which i've yeah. i've always had and ended yeah. up uh, led to me dropping out of uh college in the middle of a in the middle of the year due to some some mental issues uh, but yeah that's a that's a little bit about me all right so uh the first question that i really want to ask you is you know you're a poker player 
you were a poker player, right? So like, how did you venture this journey as a poker player to a like a podcaster? Because it's like your podcast is like a huge thing right now. So I just want to know like how, why did you want to do it? Yeah, that's a long story, but I'd say in short, basically. No <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll make a short version. Um, <laughs> so when I was young, my my parents, I was always interested in psychology because my dad had these random psychology books laying around the house, you know, on the bookshelf, like uh, Freud and other early uh, psychology books and also modern yeah. psychology books uh, yeah. because he was a indexer for books. Um, so we had some modern kind of academic books. So I was always interested in these things because I'd read them when I was a kid. And um, then I was interested in poker too. I used to play poker at my friend's house. So that led to me taking interest in poker in college. Like I got more serious about it and I was setting up games in college. And then that led to me, uh, one thing led to another and I was playing for a living nice. in, uh, like in my mid mid twenties, uh, playing mm -hmm. poker for a living when the poker boom was happening in the United States, it was really popular because poker was online. You could play poker online and also, um, an amateur poker player won the world series of poker, which led to more interest from mainstream people in it. So there was a lot of interest in poker. Uh, so I played for a living for about four years or so, where it was my main source of income. And then since then, it's just been a side thing. And then uh, I, in 2010, I I started working on my book, my first book about poker tells because yeah. I was surprised that I just thought that there weren't good books out there. Like I, there was a, there was a really, a real lack of, of strong books. And there were things that I knew and things that I knew other people knew that hadn't been talked about. Yeah. So I wrote that book and then one thing led to another that got popular. I wrote other books and did a video series. And then I created my, um, I wanted to do something else that was more uh, mainstream general audience. So I did the psychology and behavior podcast to, uh, you know, as a, as a way to 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 express my interest in in those things too that I've always been interested in and that's that's gone pretty well too it's been fun yeah it's going really well <laughs> I do for you right like uh, it's considered like it's number eight if I'm not wrong in US at the moment uh, and Canada as well right so it gets about uh it gets about twenty five to thirty thousand listens total amazing. per month so yeah amazing it's amazing it's amazing seriously amazing and uh, also like when you completed your book you just wanted like it was the first book and you got a very good response from people am I right so yeah that was the uh, it was really encouraging it was uh, I I because I didn't know how it would be received I, I wasn't like a you know I'm not a well known poker player yeah. or anything I'm just a I was, you know, I was, I was nobody in the poker scene, so I, I didn't have high expectations, but uh, I had some pretty, you know, pretty experienced and, and uh, professional poker players and, and recreational amateur poker players. A lot of people say that it, it was really good and really helped them and that, uh, you know, it's been translated into eight languages just due to the number of sales and the uh, reputation it got. So it was just really encouraging to have people respond in that way, which I didn't expect or count on, you know, so it was, it was just really nice. and. Um, yeah, encourage me to do more work in that area. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, right? So, like, Zach, I want to ask you, like, how do you define anxiety? Because, you know, there's a different definition for all. And you were a former poker player, right? And poker is all about reading tells and it's about playing. So, I just want to know that what's your perspective on how do you define anxiety? That's a tough one. Yeah. Defining anxiety, um, I would say off the cuff, if I, without preparing the definition much 
Yeah. I would say it's, it's a state of, you know, it's, it's a state of feeling like something is going to go very wrong. It's a state of feeling like you, you don't either, you don't belong in a situation or a feeling like something is going to go terribly wrong. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in, in, a, in almost a life and death way, you know, it can be that bad. Uh, that, that would be my rough definition of just feeling like this tremendous, like I'm going to die or something worse than death is going to happen to me. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I completely relate because I as a person suffer from anxiety disorders as well. And, you know, like to understand how to react when you are diagnosed with anxiety, it's itself is a pretty huge thing, especially uh, in a country where people don't understand what mental health issues are. So um, like, how did you, uh, you know, as I said, like you were a poker player, right? So given poker is all about reading tells and everything. So how, how would you, you know, how would you advise people to deal with anxiety? What yeah, that's a, yeah, I, I see it as a separate sphere, like the, uh, yeah, poker is definitely like a, a trivial application. I, I do think that my uh, experience with, um, anxiety and my mental struggles when I was young, I do think, uh, in some way, you know, helped me be more aware of, like, uh, what anxiety looks like, I feel like I can sense anxiety pretty well mm -hmm. in other people, mm -hmm. not, not necessarily always at the poker table, but I mean, in general, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but I'd say, uh, you know, my, my recommendations are, um, you know, just that it's, it's good to talk about these things, it's good to, uh, it's good to, it's good to be open with people and to seek out help. And, and it's good to, uh, do, you know, talk openly about it, like we're doing now and, uh, be honest because about the struggles, because I feel like so many people have these struggles and it's such a, it's such a human, uh, condition to, to be anxious. And, uh, the more, I think the more we talk about it and be honest about it, the, the, the more it helps people, um, with their struggles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. And it's very important for us to speak as well, right? Because unless and until we come up and we say that, you know, we are suffering from this, people won't understand that what we are going through. So like to identify as somebody who is suffering from anxiety or to identify somebody who is suffering from depression itself takes a lot of effort. So uh, yeah, I completely relate whatever you said right now. And in one of your episodes, uh, Zach, I heard with Dr. Zai, if I'm not wrong, if I got the spelling right, I have no idea, like from the pronunciation, right? So it was uh, like, it was uh, like, uh, everybody heard it in 2020, if I'm right, right? So you mentioned that you had a very high level of um, like anxiety and mental health issues in your college. So mm -hmm. what happened if like, if you're comfortable yeah. telling? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that would... Uh... I actually want to write a, a memoir about it one day because I, I'd like to go into detail and have, have, have people read the, the book that I would have liked to have read, you know, when I was going through those experiences. But yeah, to, to make a, a long story short, uh, I always, you know, I suffered from anxiety from a young age, like my first day of high school, which would have been, you know, if, if you don't know, if your listeners don't know what high school is in the United States, it's about when I, about age, you know, um, 13, I think when you enter high school. So yeah. my very first day of high school, I had a, you know, panic attacks and I was filled with anxiety because I went to this new school with all new people and such mm. and um, was really depressed and anxious my first two years at that school. And then finally made some, you know, started making some friends and feeling more normal the last two years of that school. And then I went to college and that kind of started over again where I felt really 
um, fish out of water. I felt like I didn't belong uh, with at this at this college, mm-hmm. and didn't you know didn't have real friends. I was hanging out with people who I honestly just didn't didn't like, and I was also smoking uh, too much marijuana, which was a, another factor there, yeah. uh, which is you know which is linked to you know having some bad mental health outcomes. Yes. Um, so all that stuff led to me, uh, and, I, and I think a big factor of this is just feeling really inferior, you know, which people can can feel in a lot of situations, you know, whether it's like college, school, work, you know, mm-hmm. you can feel, uh, what, you know, you can feel like uh, I'm not as good as the people around me, or I, I'm not as socially skilled as these people, or I'm not as academically skilled as these people, all kinds of inferiority thoughts and uh, social, you know, social anxiety about, you know, I can't relate to these people, or I I can't talk to, you know, members of the opposite sex or whatever it may be. Uh, so I had all these, you know, various inferiorities and, um, yeah, so that culminated in me becoming increasingly kind of, you know, uh, I, I had I sort of having some panic attacks, um, yeah. where I was, I became increasingly, uh, what they called derealization or depersonalization, where I felt like things were increasingly less real. And I kind of, and looking back, I think I was on the verge of some set, some sort of psychotic break, but I, I, uh, cause I just felt increasingly distanced from reality and I, it became harder for me to even go to class and my grades were dropping and, you know, getting much worse. And, um, and I could like barely talk to people and stuff like that. And I felt like a million miles away from everybody in my head. Uh, and then, so I had the, luckily I had the, uh, you know, I had the knowledge. I, I kind of knew what was happening to me cause I'd read a good amount about psychology at that point. So I, uh, I had some, uh, sense of reality to t- call my parents and tell them to uh, pick me up. Uh, so I I got out of school like in the middle of the semester in my second year of, of college. Yeah. And left school and didn't come back. And then I just felt in a really I was in a really bad place mentally for for years because I I uh, yeah had high anxiety and high depression and and kind of felt like I was on the verge of losing my mind really. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then slowly but surely like things got a little bit better over the years. I went to another college um and which was less stressful academically and and socially for me and slowly but surely like got more social connections and um you know got felt felt more and more normal uh, i guess you could say uh but that's yeah that's kind of like the the long story short of it and i think uh you know i i think uh that could have gone any number of ways i kind of feel like i was lucky like things could have easily been much worse you know through luck of the draw through random chance through uh you know, if I had like less, less coping, a little bit less coping mechanisms, if I had like less, less idea of like, things might get better, you know, which, you know, are just things that we learn about when we're young, you know, we get these narratives about, or will, will things get better? Will they not get better? How much hope do we have that things will get better? You know, all these things are sometimes out of our control. But the thing I think is, is good for people to realize is like, things, things can seem really dark and uh, disturbing and like that you're basically never going to get better, but you know, they do sometimes get better. Not to say they always get better, but keeping that idea in mind that they do sometimes get better for people and knowing that you could be one of them is, is a good thing to, to remember if you're in a dark spot. Yeah. Yeah. Hope is all we have, right? <laughs> so It's very important. It's very important to have that in mind, specifically when you are suffering from issues that you cannot talk about openly. But then, mm-hmm. uh, Zach, you just said that, you know, you dropped out of college and you dropped out of school because of this. Now, in India, what happens is if I say that I have mental health issues and if I drop a year because of that, people will frown. 
people will mm. ask me questions that why are you you know this is just a state of mind this is just you need to sleep more it will be fine but it doesn't it doesn't get better it doesn't sleep does not make everything fine sleep does not right. stop the thought process in your brain that is making you crazy every single mm. day so like how would you compare what you just said right now if the exact thing has happened had happened to you in a country like ours where talking about such things openly even that is considered a sin at the moment so like how would you how would you how would you how 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 would you deal with that then yeah that's it's really tough i mean because i think even you know even in america like we're or or the west in general we're we're more open to these things but i still feel like it is such a stigma like when i went through it even though I kind of, I kind of knew I had a sense, you know, that people struggle with these things. It was still super hard for me to talk to anybody about it. I felt like I was in my own world and there was no one to talk to. And there was a tremendous, tremendous amount of shame about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, not j- even just to talk to my parents about it, because sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you, you, you don't have a great uh, relationship with your parents or you feel like you're yes. going to let them down or, or that you're embarrassed in front of them, you know, yeah. even, even in the best, in the best of worlds. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's really tough to know what to do in those situations. I mean, I think the, that is one of the things that lead to worse outcomes with mental health wise is just not having the, uh, not having the belief that mm. one can tell other people about these things it just makes you feel that much more isolated. So it is really, it is really tough. Cause I can imagine a world in which I didn't feel like I could reach out or tell anyone about what was happening to me. And then it would have just gotten worse, you know, and, and who knows what would have happened, happened. But uh, yeah, I think I think if I, you know, my, my recommendations for people in that scenario where they don't feel like they can tell anyone and there is that stigma. I mean, I think uh, just try to find any 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 friends, family members who are most likely to be, you know, to understand those things and, and tell them what you're going through uh, or a counselor. You know, hopefully there's a there's someone that would you could find. Usually there's um, even free mental health services sometimes. I don't know. Right. It, it probably varies about availability in different mm-hmm. places, but just try to find someone that you can tell these things to and, and realize that like this is such a common thing. I think that's what's uh, so often missing and so surprising is just how common these things are for people to go through these things. And, and, uh, and, and knowing that they're so common can help you weather the storm a little bit better and knowing that like, oh, there's many people that end up you know, happy and uh, do do all right in life that went through these really hard times. And, uh, you know, that 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 alone can be very valuable. But other than that, yeah, I'd say just trying to find somebody you can um, talk to about these problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. Uh, finding somebody to talk about the problems that itself takes a lot of effort in a country like us. But like, um, you know, I think, where we can start is by letting people know that they're not alone fighting their battles, right? That there are other people suffering, like you said, that, you know, when people open up, when people speak, when people talk about these things, only then we can realize that, yes, oh, I, this is, not, this is common. Anxiety is very common. It's not something that, you know, it's, and still it's stigmatized is what bothers mm-hmm. me a lot. Because I think every fourth, fifth person that I've met in my class itself has suffered from some sort of anxiety breakdown or some sort of nervous breakdown in the classes itself. So, yeah, I completely agree when you said just talking about all these things and finding a person who can help. India recently launched uh, this helpline number, toll-free helpline number uh, on the occasion of World Mental Health Day. And it's a pretty big initiative, uh, but we still have a lot to go, I believe, because it's still stigmatized here. It's still stigmatized and it will take mm-hmm. a long, long time 
to you know come into terms with talking about such things openly so well, i think uh, yeah one one thing in that area is you know i, I think um, you know even even in the west in, in in america and such it even though there is less of a stigma it's still so hard to talk about because i think uh, you know, there, there can be this feeling of like, oh, that, that happens to people with, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, specific biological problems or these specific mental problems. And that, yeah. th that's not me. That's not me. That's, that's this other group of people, you know, people don't have a sense that these things can happen to anyone. Yeah. Uh, they kind of, they kind of try to categorize it as like, oh, that's this other group of people that uh, are not me. So, I, I, and then, so then when it happens to them, they feel like, oh, I'm broken in some way. I'm in this category yeah. of people that are broken. Whereas the reality is these are just very human things that happen to so many people and can happen to anyone in the right circumstances if, if things go the right way. And uh, so I think, yeah, a big part of it is like, even in the West, there can be, uh, you know, th there can be a, la a lesser lesser stigma, but there is still this stigma in the sense that people view it as like, oh, they, this is this other group of people and it's not the normal people, you know? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. I completely understand. So when you open up and you say that, you know, I am suffering from this issue, I have bipolar, I schizophrenia, I am suffering from anxiety disorders, they change their perspective towards you and look at you like as you're weak and you cannot do work. But that or, is or you're, or you're, or you're, they feel afraid in some way, yeah. like, oh, you're, you're, you're broken, or what? I think, I think, a big part of it too is like people feel, I think people somewhat are aware that you know, like, uh, they're afraid that talking to people with these problems could affect them in some way too. Though you know, like these people can make us more depressed or anxious. So there's that anxiety for people too, and that's another reason people try to block it out of their minds is like oh, that this is really going to depress me or make me anxious to deal with people who have these problems, you know? So we, that's another reason we, we want to lock it away sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I completely understand. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, like, I think talking helps, I guess, Zach, right? Talking about mm -hmm. this helps. When you open up and you speak, that really, really helps a lot. So in your opinion, you know, in a country like ours, where talking about such issues is just, just like frowned upon, I want to know your perspective on how we as youths, because like we are the youths and we are a lot, lot of people. So how can we bring a change in our nation regarding mental health stigma that still is going around? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, one thing I've thought about doing, and I think other people could do is for the people that have had these experiences is to, you know, write memoirs about them, mm -hmm. write their stories out. And even though everyone, everyone is different, of course, like if I wrote my story out, it would, you know, it would not be the same as anyone else's story. And we all have our different um, factors and, and stresses and things. But I think the, the key point is showing how, uh, you know, it can get better. And that even when you're in a very dark place in your life, no matter what it is, that it can get better and uh, also just you know the more people I, i've just been surprised at how few kind of books like that i've seen uh, even though i know many people have these kind of stories and i think you know one one thing is it's really hard to talk about of course and people don't want to revisit those emotions that they've went through is one factor but i think that if people more people did that and, and like gave talks at uh colleges or, or 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 any kind of school to kids you know i think that would be really helpful too is uh is giving talks to kids and, and, and to young people and, and that helps change the the culture and, and that openness and, and showing um you know hey hey look i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of normal and and um 
you know, socially normal now. And I had some really rough times and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not the end of the world for you. If this does happen to you, I think doing those things and just having some uh, more people taking that step and, and um, take it, you know, which sometimes takes some, some bravery and some, some sacrifice to, to go out there and, and do that. I think, but I think the more people do that kind of thing, the more helpful it is. Like, I, I, I think that's the case in the West too. Like I, I've been surprised how little of that there is about mental health when in the, in the, uh, you know, in the schools and such. It's not taught at all. And when you open up to a generation that had zero idea about what mental health issues are, and it's not like it's, it's just our generation problems, Zach, right? Our parents have suffered it. Our grandparents have suffered it before that also several generations have been suffering it. It started uh, like when we talked about like I talked in one of my episodes about uh, like hypnosis so people used to hypnotize other people so that because you know they were like this person is not normal because this woman is suffering from hysteria hysteria is basically Mm -hmm. like she's gone mental so like let us treat her through hypnosis but that was something that she was dealing because of her brain it was a mental health disorder and unless Mm -hmm. and until it's taught in schools and unless and unless and until it's talked about openly a person will never understand it right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think you know like in a country like us where just talking about it is, is you know people just change their entire attitude when you just open up and say you know that i have an anxiety disorder or i am suffering from this so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely understand when you say, it, but it's going to take a long time, and I think yeah, yeah, it's going to take a lot of time, lot of time, because I think even in the West, like you mentioned, it's not that evident in the textbooks itself. It's not that evident. Am I right? Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, it's 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 talked about in, in textbooks and talked about you know we they encourage people to get mental health counseling and such, but I really think there's a lack of you know, what the specifics are, you know, and, and I think the, the lack of the specificity is, is what uh, makes people anxious because they don't, they don't know what to expect or they don't know how it's going to go when it happens to them. They feel like, oh, I must be the only person suffering from these specific issues, you know, and uh, so I think it's, yeah, it's the lack of, of getting specific about it. But I think, yeah, I think it's a very human thing to, to want to avoid these things too. I mean, humankind has been avoiding mental illness since you know for their entire history like banishing or or locking away mentally people with mental struggles or or whatever forever and uh you know now we're now we just have different iterations of it it's it's kind of the same way we don't like to think about death you know we we don't like to talk about death even though it's such a common experience we'd rather just avoid it because it makes us uncomfortable you know but it's such a it's such a human experience and a common human experience that we should we should talk about death more openly. We should talk about anxiety and depression more openly, mental struggles. It just takes the, uh, yeah, it takes the stigma out and makes us more comfortable with them and, and makes us realize we're, we're not alone. Yeah. Yes, it's very important. It's very important to understand that, you know, mental health issues should be treated the same way as physical health issues are. And unless and until we reach that goal, I think our entire community as whole, like, even though like I am here and you're in the West, we should work together towards making people understand that, you know, physical health issues are okay, but so are mental health issues. And both of them should be given the same priority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So like uh, for people, Zach, who are still there, right? They are in this closet. They are still fearing to come out and they want, they, they are like, okay, now if, if I come out, what will happen? 
and they are identifying they think that they have mental health issues and they are identifying it someone who is struggling but is not getting help so for those people who are in the closet at the moment for those people who are scared to come out uh do you have any personal message for these people um i would say i would say no matter how um different or unique your problems feel that they are there there are reasons for your problems like they're sometimes sometimes are, are the way our problems play out can make us feel like we're going crazy in a unique way or we're going crazy in a way that makes no sense at all uh but i i would say there is a meaning there uh even though it seems like there might not be meaning there and it seems like just craziness there is a a real meaning there like there for example, in my case, you know, when I had my problems, a lot of my sources of anxiety and why my brain was acting strangely was because I just really felt isolated from everyone. And I felt completely alone, you know, in a very existential, uh, visceral way that uh, was not intellectual, but just felt like I really was like on another planet in, in, in some metaphorical sense. Uh, so I think the, you know, some of the ways that we, we, at, we feel that that feel crazy to us do have understandable sources you know like from our childhood or just our interactions with others that in our childhood and such and can lead us to these dark places uh so i would just say you know try to remember that there are meanings for these uh ideas that you're that you're having these uh stresses that you're having and and try to keep some hope alive in the sense that uh even if you're in a very dark place people come back from very dark places and uh Sometimes it's a it's a passing thing that may take years to uh, feel better with slowly but surely, but you uh, you can get to that that place and, and go through your dark uh, dark areas and that can actually make you stronger in life. I feel because the, the the struggles that you're dealing with are very human dark human struggles uh, that people deal with and some people avoid, but you're facing them head on and so in a way you're struggles that can feel feel really life or death or, or uh, like you're going crazy those, those working through those struggles uh, can can make you stronger because you've dealt with some of the the hardest struggles in life yeah yeah thank you <laughs> that was such a moving message Zach thank you so much thank you so much for coming and thank you. Thank, you, thank you so much for, you know, speaking about all these things, because I think it's very important to talk about this openly. And this is why, you know, like my entire season is dedicated towards talking about mental health issues. And I know that you are into poker, but you still came and you still spoke about it. So I am really, really grateful for you, first of all, for coming here, for speaking, for talking about openly. And I hope this episode reaches those people who are still in the closet, who feel that they're, you know, they're fighting their battles alone, because as I say every time that, you know, you are not alone fighting it. So yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much. It thank really, you for having me on. Yeah, it really means a lot to me <laughs> that you came. So thank you so much for coming and speaking about these issues. Thank you. Thank you. It's important work you're talking about, important topics. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Bye. Okay. becomes a better, a kinder place when we make space for people who feel like they don't fit in. A big, big, big thank you to Zach for putting faith in me, for coming to my podcast today.
and to you my dear listeners i will always be grateful to you because you put a small town girl like me on a pedestal to voice your concerns to talk about topics that other people fumble to talk about so thank you again if you like this episode my dear listeners please make sure to share this episode with your friends and follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening it on wherever you are whatever you're doing right now i just hope that tomorrow brings a better day for you and i'll see you in the next episode till then stay warm stay safe and remember like i always say you are not alone in this bye Thank you.